Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to Cave of the Cross Apologetics. Again, solo uh, me, uh, because uh, Tony definitely needs at least uh, two weeks off uh, away from me. And so he's uh, he's partying up uh, uh, and uh, reading his own uh, at his own pace with his own book. So uh, you get another uh, solo episode. And uh, this time I've uh, uh, asked one of uh, our very good friends, uh, Pastor Jim Lee, uh, to come on and uh, be kind of my sounding board because uh, I need help in an area. So uh, you're going to be joining me in all my uh, humility of asking for help. So um, today we're going to be uh, talking about uh, prayer and uh, what it is, uh, how to understand it better. And uh, um, uh, Pastor Lee has uh, been gracious enough to uh, come on and uh, let me um, just pepper him with questions of stuff that I probably should have known many, many years ago. So uh, Pastor Lee, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. It's a joy and a privilege and yeah. an honor. Uh, honor is all ours because uh, you were the very first uh, person to, to share our stuff. When I knew that we had an audience of at least more than me and Tony, uh, you were you were the first ones uh, publishing some of our, uh, our um, uh, it, it, alleged contradictions of the Bible uh, that we were covering. Um, yeah. So so let me just uh, kind of introduce you just a little bit. Um, uh, the reason that we don't have videos is because Pastor Lee is, uh, uh, he's building the church in other parts of the world. And so uh, we appreciate that. And so we want to respect anything that uh, uh, comes from his ministry there. Uh, so he's a graduate of UCLA and holds an MDiv and a, a, a theology master's degree. Uh, he is a pastor in California. He's very active in evangelism and apologetics on university campuses. And he also runs the great website, veritasdomain.wordpress.com, where you can find links about apologetics, presuppositionalism, uh, being encouraging in your Christian walk, uh, what to do on Sunday. That's always a fun one. That's that's very uh, uh, humbling and, and uh, makes me think for, uh, right before I uh, get the kids into the car and want to yell at them even more than what I do. And also, uh, he has uh, some great, great uh, resources on answering alleged Bible contradictions. Uh, he's also a former Marine, but we won't hold that against him. I'm sorry, not a former Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine. I understand that. Uh, but uh, we'll keep the crayons out of reach for you. <laughs> That's a good one with the crayons. <laughs> yeah, it is a joy. Um, has it been, uh, how long have you guys had uh, Cave of Cross? Has it been yeah, two, I three think, years now? Yeah, we're on, uh, on, on three years, yeah. I know we, 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 we've gone slower through the books than what we thought we would, but uh, we've had a lot of fun uh, um, kind of cracking them open. And I always say that uh, we would still be doing exactly what we're doing, even if there was no camera or anything. We just decided to start filming it and, um, and people seem receptive to it. And so we'll just keep doing it until uh, we don't like it anymore. Okay, praise God. Hopefully the Lord will continue to use that to bless others and even uh hopefully even evangelize the non-believers especially those uh, alleged bible contradictions yeah apologetics yeah. posts yeah, it's, it's, it's always an interesting one it's it's always uh good to give pause and and figure out if we're understanding the passage uh well first and uh and i know uh uh the the heathens always say oh the context is what you guys come come up with when you don't know the answer uh well mm -hmm. i'm sorry but words words have meanings still uh, even in this age and uh, we're, we're trying to figure out what the, the truth is. So um, uh, the resources that you have are, are great. I, I still, even though there are ones that I do, I still uh, uh, peek on your page and, uh, and uh, figure out what else I'm missing or, or what else I should uh, cover. Mm -hmm. All right. So, uh, so I, I'm, I have an issue. Um, it's, it's something that uh, I'm, I have tended to be uh, uh, 
what, what kind of uh, Ernest Hemingway's quote is, is how did you go bankrupt? It's two ways, gradually, then suddenly. So that's mm -hmm. been my entire Christian walk. My entire Christian walk has always been kind of like, uh, uh, you know, I was Catholic for a while. And then um, all of a sudden, uh, the truth of the gospel hit me and boom, born again. And now I got to figure everything out kind of on my own. I had friends, but they were of my same age group. Uh, it was only until recently uh, uh, that uh, uh, meeting with Tony and um, understanding uh, what, a, what a joy it is to have a, a, a godly older mentor in that Titus II um, uh, realm. And so, uh, so I, I, I find myself um, uh, being slow on the catch up. So even in my, my uh, reformed walk, uh, reform theology came to me way, way late. And it came not, I, I, I had no a stage cage. It was so gradual that uh, I, I went from a small R to a big R and then uh, I'm still trying to figure out some stuff from there. So I, 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 it gives me a lot of grace for other people. So um, hopefully, uh, hopefully it returns in kind. But uh, one thing that I've struggled with so much in my Christian walk, I understand that I have to do it. I understand that it's commanded to me. And I've read books upon books upon books of it. But I struggle with the concept of prayer and the correct understanding, the biblical understanding of it. So can you please help me? Can you, can you help us first at least uh, help define prayer? And then uh, we can kind of, uh, I, I can pep you with some more questions here. Yeah, that's good. I think uh, there's, um, this is such almost like an apologetics and theology thing, right? We always begin with definitions. Um, for me, prayer, uh, there's a lot of people, you know, theologians and different guys writing about prayer that have written sp very specific definitions for me. I think the bare essence definition for me is communication with God, um, specifically communication with God um, in which you, we honor him as God. I think that's a key component um, to define Christian prayer versus a uh, worldly prayer or prayers of even other religion. Um, for my own background, um, before I became a Christian, I was an atheist. Uh, my, my dad was an atheist from a, a communist country and my mom was with an Asian religious background of Buddhism. And what, you know, one, on the one hand, I saw my dad was always saying, hey, there's no such thing as God, prayer is nothing. And then for my mom, um, going to the Buddhist temple, whenever there's tough times or when I didn't do well in school, for instance, they'll take me and then it's all a lot of chance. Um, you know, I'm struggling to stay awake to understand, you know, like why we're doing so many repetitive things. And if, so when I became a Christian at 15, it was also the same thing like you. It was like a journey. Like here we went from one extreme to where my mom was always like formulaic where we pray. And then sometimes I don't because my dad um, wins over my heart more where hey, there's nothing to now like, hey, I know there is a God now. It is not a foreign God. But then how do we pray? So um, even I think I want to preface this by saying is none of us has arrived. Um, I don't think I've arrived. And I think. Teaching prayer is one of the most uh, difficult things because I always feel as soon as I teach it, man, God is putting even more um, prayer requests and prayers and then realizing, wow, um, just sometimes even thinking about my teaching of prayer. Um, last time in my church with the adults was about uh, uh, 10 months ago, like in, in a series. And I was just thinking, wow, I think I've even grown um, since I've taught that 10 months ago. Um, and so to me, it's always a challenge and seen as a metric of each time I teach, like, has God taught me something different? So I think, um, brother, I think just like with anything with biblical counseling or with any uh, developing Christian virtue, if we see this is an area we could grow in and we see that we struggle, I think there, it, I don't want to say it's halfway there, 
But I think there's a sense where hey, we're heading towards the right trajectory that we need God's grace even also as well to pray. Hmm. Well, yeah. Right. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad I'm not alone in, in, in my struggle, um, uh, especially so far, far along. Uh, you know, I, 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 I tend to, to open pretty much, I've, I've gone through our pastor's uh, libraries and pulled out anything that says the word prayer on it. And usually the book is structured uh, like uh, you should pray, uh, you should pray often, you should pray without ceasing. Let's dig that in. And then uh, there's always the, the, uh, the structure of the Lord's prayer. And so I, I, I think what a lot of books miss is, um, is coming at it almost formulaically. Like I, I really need to, to, to grasp the concept more than just, okay, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cessationist as, as, uh, as any uh, good person is. I, I let God allow, I allow God to, uh, you know, uh, present himself in whatever fashion. So if he wants to bring uh, someone who uh, uh, communicates his word through, a, 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 a language. I, I understand that he is sovereign and he is able to do that, but I struggle with um, this concept of this communication with God. So, so I, I, I get that when, um, when God asked me to have a relationship with him, he uh, can use me to, um, to go into the world and uh, preach the good news. And through that preaching, he's able to draw his people to himself. So I, I get, I get, that aspect of, of, I always call myself as the conduit between uh, the light source and, and the light bulb. Uh, the, the people are the light bulb, God is light source. His word travels through me and he's able to use that. So uh, um, he's, he's able to, to, to take my broken words and, and make them uh, his perfect uh, message. But with communication with God, I'm, I'm, what, am I, what am I listening for? Am I, uh, is it a small, small uh, uh, voice in my head? Is it uh, a, a welling up of, of, of good feelings in my heart. What, what am I, what am I communicating? Or is it just, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving a message at the sound of the beep. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's good. Um, I like how you mentioned that. Like, w- like, what do we do? Like even the part about, is it just leaving a voicemail there? Um, I think it looks like um, this is more from DA Carson's book of spiritual reformation. Um, he made this insight. There is an aspect of the relations between the Word of God and also of our prayer. If, if prayer really is communication, and really the act of prayer often is we're the one that's doing the verbalization, um, I think a key component um, for prayer, I think, has to be um, in conjunction in our devotional life, reading the Word of God. Um, for myself, in my own struggle of prayer, I've always been the guy that struggled to just sit there out of nowhere just to pray for things, for people, to glorify God. Um, if you tell me, okay, let's uh, adore God right now, it's I'm trying to think of everything I learned from systematic theology to rack my brain and throw those attributes at him, so to speak. Um, but, you know, but I think part of it to me, I think in my own life, I feel the way that has ended up being the most organic way to pray to God has actually always been reading the word of God um, together. Uh, reading the word of God and in the midst of reading the word of God, then there's certain things I'm convicted or things that I'm amazed with. And there's things that remind me of God's attributes or who he is and his promises and what Christ has done or God has done that then suddenly makes me in the spirit illumination of those truth, then the spirits applying it. And I think it, it begins with where it spills into prayer. Um, I think in a- a- asking this, at least for me, um, I love how you describe even books about prayer. Um, I think you kind of hit, where some of the genre of prayer 
or the stereotypical evangelical book is usually what you said. It's um, this is what prayer is, and we're called to do this, and this is what we are to do. Um, I felt over the years it, it has been helpful, even uh, shepherding people, and even my own heart, is to even think about the reasons, like what are the things that hinders me from prayer. Um, and usually what I do would often say, um, you probably heard the acronym. Um, I know it's probably cheesy um, or it's cliche enough where it's the whole ACTS acronym of, you know, Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. You've heard of that, mm-hmm. of Acts, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I think maybe practically even for this hour or, or so um, that we have, um, usually what I would like to do sometimes ask, like of all these four, um, which one do we struggle with? And I think even before you answer that question, I think what is each one? Um, I think that is a helpful, um, it's almost a very helpful training wheels to think about prayer. Uh, I think we grow beyond that and our prayer become organic and it meshes together. But as a good training wheel, I think um, we look at these four templates and ask which one we struggle with. Um, By adoration, I mean the worship of God, Um, the worship of God um, for who he is and and what he is like. Um, Where you're reflecting on God um, and just his majesty and and all of that and saying uh, that we adore him, that we love him for who he is. Um, And then the other aspect of uh, Acts is confession. Confession is going to God, um, going to God and confessing our sins or admitting our sins. And a key part of, I think, biblical confession um, is also admitting God, what we've done wrong, according to his perspective. So we're not downplaying our sin. We're not saying, oh, God, I'm sorry for this mistake. I didn't really mean to to argue with my wife when really we really meant to. We were so sinfully willful. Our intentionality was there. The other aspect of prayer, um, adoration is A, C is confession. T is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is you're giving uh, God his due and his praise for what he has done, whether in the past, things with the gospel, Jesus Christ, or things presently in our meticulous providence of God in our lives, or even things in the future, things we think ahead of time, um, both with things with special grace, like our salvation, sanctification, um, in terms of being a believer in our special relationship with him, or even common grace, things that even non-believers uh, might also benefit with Christians, such as, you know, the fact that we could eat food, um, the fact that we have certain economic opportunities, that kind of thing. And supplication, uh, by that we mean bringing our requests. We're asking him for specific things. Um, I guess with all these four, which one, uh, which I guess maybe even asking you, Patrick, which one is your strength first? I think a uh, part of true Christian life is we don't want false humility. I think we could acknowledge what area we're, when we do pray, which one we work at more just at least we could fan the flame more of that sure. uh, and to give God his thanksgiving for him working in us too. And also, I guess the second question with that follow-up is more importantly, which one is, do you see as your weakness among this acronym of these four? Yeah, thanks. I mean, I'm, I'm from the Midwest. So, uh, you know, we clean our house and then when people come over, we apologize for it being so messy. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good uh, telling you my foibles. Um, as, as far as, as um, uh, the strength one, uh, adoration, uh, the, the, the thing that I get the, the most out of, out of, um, of the, the, the joy of, of whether it be at church or uh, my, my personal Bible study or uh, reading theology um, uh, is, is when I come upon a characteristic of, of who God is and it mm. really clicks, like I, I get, I get so much joy from that, that that's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a page turner and then it's a stopper for me. And then um, I'm, I'm, I'm greatly humbled by 
by continuing to do, uh, I, I'm, I think I'm in year three of a study on God's sovereignty and, and trying to figure out more and more of, of where God is sovereign and what, what that means and trying to really figure it out, whether it be in the kind of free will debate or, or just, you know, uh, uh, God's action in church history. I, I just, I just love finding those, those, those key moments and then um, uh, th- thanking him for that. The, my, my biggest one tends to be a- asking for things, the, the, the mm-hmm. supplication part, um, because so, uh, you know, th- th- this will give uh, uh, non-reformed people uh, uh, probably a, a good soundbite, but I, f- I find, you know, if God is sovereign, uh, the, 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 the world will play out however he chooses. I understand that I have uh, uh, some part in it, but I, I struggle with asking for things that are currently going against what is laid out before us. So yes, I, I you know, when someone is sick, I do want to pray for their healing, but I always tend to just caveat it to almost save God and say, but if it be in your well, you know, th- that person can die. Not, not to that extreme, obviously, but I, you know, I, I don't, I don't ever want to put myself uh, so far into that category of, listen, God's changing his mind. Like, I understand that's not happening, but then the supplication part fails for me when, when I, when I go and pray. So when, when, uh, you know, I'm asking Lord, uh, uh, protect our our ride to, to uh, on our family vacation. I, I understand I want to do that, but I struggle with the, the, the head to the heart type knowledge there. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, I, I think even in this discussion, um, by the way, I think this discussion also kind of reveal where God is working in us, even in this discussion and what's also even work in progress. Um, if you mentioned adoration, I mean, I, I kind of relate with you there too. Uh, even as you shared that, I think even my own life uh, with adoration, um, I think 2020 has been a year that's been crazy. You know, we live in a post-2020 world. Um, but I think one providential thing of that is I think I've read so much slower. I, I used to almost pride myself reading a book a week, but I think there's a sense where I'm reading slower, not just because I only am fighting with time, but there's a sense where I'm actually stopping more to think about God. I'm taking note and I'm, t- I'm become like a cow in the sense I have four stomach, I'm chewing it, I'm spinning back up and I'm eating it again, right? So, so definitely there's a lot of admiration going on um, in some sense where you're just like, wow, look at this one doctrine. And I know this already, but man, I've seen this in a new aspect. And I'm thinking about it all week, for instance, divine simplicity. It's just like, this is so amazing. And it's just so awe. And like when I meet another believer, they're talking about theology. Somehow even they could talk about penal substitutionary atonement, but I end up talking about divine simplicity. So that's because <laughs> that's where my heart is at without adoring him. Um, and for my own, uh, for my own life, though, I think for me, it's always been confession. It's always been bigger in my life. Um, just because I, I feel like, um, you know, we sin every day as I feel like as I'm in the word, um, as I'm ministering, maybe this is where maybe God's working me as I'm part of ministering as a pastor is you're dealing with people with all kinds of problems. Um, and then on top of that too, is I do, um, pray and also have a, relationship with those that are overseas in various countries that are persecuted where their prayer requests sometimes they were saying hey you know um i know you and i we had this discussion on facebook where there's theological knowledge there in a country where they cannot be able to afford to come to like a nice seminary in the states the plane ticket alone would be worth more than even like what they could even make um in in a year some for some of these countries as as dramatic as that is 
And, you know, part of it, they're always consulting, say, hey, I have this marital accounting cases. What do we do? And then it's like so complex. There's a cultural aspect. There's things where, you know, the in-laws are much more involved than here in the U.S. And I'm thinking, what do we solve this? The only way is to pray. And as I'm going through this, I realized, wait, I'm, I'm also, you know, someone's counseling someone that's dealing with anger and he's an elder. And I'm thinking, well, I need to work with my anger. And then therefore it leads me, I think, to, to confess much more. Um, and I always like my devotional at night because I feel like as I'm like doing my devotion at night, you reflect back the day what you sin and you confess naturally after looking at the word of God um, and then, or supernatural, I should say. And then therefore you loving him, then you just confess. And I feel like I sleep like a baby and I enjoy that sweetness. So therefore it's more natural. But uh, the, of these four areas, I think the one I struggle with is actually in some sense, um, Thanksgiving, um, just in a sense that I feel like um, sometimes I feel like it's like, okay, I know God has done this and I almost assume, thank you, God. And I just ready to go on and I'm dealing with petitions. I'm dealing with confessions. Um, and I think that's one area I can work on. Um, but for myself, I think uh, for today, I think um, in light of what you mentioned about supplication, um, I think just like even with the various books out there, like about prayer, I think I find it helpful um, to those books are still helpful as a guide to continuously refresh us the basics of, of prayer. But I think the best way for me has always been fruitful is always to say, what are the things that we have struggles? What are the obstacles? Um, what are the things that are the roadblocks, if you will, to our prayer life? Um, I think there's some from scripture. I don't know if you, you have your Bible with you. I think maybe mm-hmm. we'll flip some scriptures together. By the way, which, uh, what kind of Bible version do you normally use? I usually um, use the ES, ESV. I, I sometimes dip into the NSAB, but uh, uh, you let me know which one and I'll, uh, I'll, okay. I'll hit that one. Yeah, I usually use a, um, uh, NASB. Um, my screen, you know, just because of the lighting uh, for today, uh, I don't think I'll be looking up ESV online. Is that okay? Just because Yeah, of, for sure. Okay, just for the video. Yeah, so we use New York American Standard Bible. So I'm going to look at these and then um, stop me anytime, Patrick, if some of these um, or uh, this is no, this list is no, not in any way um, exhaustive. I think these are just um, things to prime the pump, if you will, of even our life of various things um, with supplication. Um, for me, uh, when we see in scripture, I think one of the Number one thing um, could, that hinders us from bringing our supplication to God is really the issue is our pride. The issue is our pride. Um, this verse doesn't directly address it, but I think this verse talks about pride, but I think this, this comes about as an implication. Um, Jeremiah 9.23, um, Jeremiah 9.23. Um, I'll just read this first one, and think maybe the next one I'll ask you to read. Um, yeah, for sure. Patrick, uh, Jeremiah 9.23 um, Jeremiah 9.23 says, Thus says the Lord, let not a wise man boast of his wisdom, and let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches. And I think we see here in this verse, um, you know, is the prophet is speaking, and God is speaking through Jeremiah, and is saying what? That there's a danger of boasting. And boasting, of course, is our mouth bragging. And our mouth reveals um, really the, our boasting is the fruit. And the root problem is in our heart, which is what? Uh, pride. And looking at this, you see that there's three things God says that we should not boast about. Uh, the first one is a wise man boasts about his wisdom. Uh, second one is uh, like the mighty man boasts of his might. And number three, um, riches. Um, let a rich man not boast of his riches. So these three things, people, 
uh, when they're wise, when they're strong, they're rich, they can sometimes overly rely on themselves. I don't know. I, I mean, we're, uh, you know, we see from your Twitter and stuff, um, you know, I think you and I are probably on the same page, Patrick, that we live in a day and age where there's a lot of experts, guys that in some sense you can look and they're very razor sharp, but they often make the mistake of just because they're an expert in one area, um, don't mean they're an expert in another, another area. I mean, right. This is an area of public health. Um, I mean, even things with political views, right? They could be so good with some area, but but then they assume, okay, I'm smart here. Other people affirm this, their church validated, and they have an honest view of themselves where they know they, in all honesty, they are pretty good and wise in some areas. But that doesn't mean, therefore, um, you, just because you're good in one area, therefore you're good in another. Um, and even with this, um, with wisdom, for instance, you could be wise in one area, but you always need others. Um, I always like sometimes looking at various podcasts, even those that are um, non-Christians, when experts talk to experts or guys that are good in one thing, talk another. So it's not just a TED talk where you're talking to an audience and you could puff up yourself up. But I always like looking at some of these interviews because you see guys that I think are very good with other things sometimes also realize their limitation and they recognize someone else that's good in something else and they need others. Mm. So with wisdom, I think um, we, if we, if wisdom, we pride ourselves on that, that could also be, Hey, we don't need to pray to God I already have figured it out a uh, road trip. For instance, you already figured it out. You already have map quests. You, you're skillful or you're strong, right? If we're strong, we say, Hey, um, I mean, how many of us, when let's just say our wives come home and say, Hey, open this jar. How many of us say, Oh, let, let, let's pray to God first before we open the jar. Cause we kind of assume, Oh, you know, honey, I got this for you. Right. Um, that kind of thing. Um, or even riches. Sometimes we feel um, there's a problem. You know, we hear, let's just say an overseas missionary or somewhere a church needs help. We could easily shell out the money without even praying first. Um, but it, I think one of the things that makes me slow down uh, with our pride is when we think about these three things, wisdom, strength, riches. Um, certainly, I think these three, the one I think I think of myself most highly is probably not strength. Um, even the Marines, I've always been the smallest guy everywhere I've been. Uh, when I was in Marines boot camp, I was so small that I was what they call a double rat. They have to give me double ration. Uh, I didn't lose any weight. I didn't gain any weight. I think if I lost any weight, I would have been in trouble for the Marines. Uh, even when I was like, uh, yeah, even deployment, when our guys were trying to have like competing with different guys, like, hey, our fire team's going to be or squad's going to have more weight than you guys. I was always the guy that was <laughs> hurting others. You know, I could run fast, whatever else, um, pull up not, not a problem. But man, like, I feel like I could eat like a $6 burger from Carl's Jr. And yet, like, man, go a run. And it's like, man, I lost weight instead of gain. So you just I, wanted I the, the the double MREs. I, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, the, so, the, the charms. You, you just, you had to have oh, double charms. I, oh, wow. Oh, you know about the charms. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I know those about are, the charms. Um, <laughs> yeah, for, for some of the Marines, that's like uh, superstitious bad luck. You don't want to open <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, so among these three, I think uh, I don't pride in virtues, in, you know, in ministry. Um, strength is, you know, I know a lot of guys are stronger, but sometimes I think, oh, I'm wise. Mm-hmm. Um but one of the things that I think helps me, makes me want to pray more is sometimes realizing um, I'm not the smartest guy. Um, I think you and I are in the same apologetics groups. There's some really smart guys out there. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's some guys that, and even with wisdom, there's different kinds. There's guys that are really good with the text, the word of God, like exegetically. There's some guys that are really skilled with philosophy. Um, and then among those, there's guys that are with epistemology and, and ontology. And, and, and there, there's, there's guys that, man, they know everything of like, the background history of Van Til, even down to, you know, I don't know what year he was at and, you know, what book size, he yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so I think that helps us to keep humble um, with that. So I think that's one of the hindrance. Um, we must not, um, I think to degree we check our pride and work on mortifying that sin. We would pray more. I think the other one is general sinfulness. Um, John 9.31, um, you want to read that real quick? John chapter sure. 9, Gospel of John 9.31. Uh, so in uh, John 9.31, and of course, this is the NSAB version, it says, uh, we know that God does not listen to sinners, but if someone is devout and does uh, his will, he listens to this one, this one being uh, the devout. Yeah. Uh, in the context, uh, John chapter 9, I love this. In the context, this is spoken by a blind man that Jesus Christ healed. Um, I turn here just because it's a New Testament reference. Um, and he's saying here in the context, this blind man has been healed. Um, I think there's a lot of irony in this passage. Um, they've never really paid attention to him because in some of these unbiblical Jewish theology of that time period, they would saw see someone that's blind and say, even the Jesus disciples asked the question, right? Who sinned? There's a presupposition, there's sin as a result of this. Um, not sin in the background way of the fall, right, with Adam and Eve, but more in a more proximate, direct way, whether the parent or this guy is why he is blind, where sometimes disability and illness is seen is because the causal factor is because of your sinfulness. And Jesus, of course, says all of this is for God's glory, and he's healed. They never really paid attention to him. So they're wondering this whole time, is this the guy? Is he really the man he brings, you know, his parents, his parents says it is him, but we don't know what happened. And in the midst of all this, they're asking, how could Jesus Christ heal? And of course, this man is saying, hey, if Jesus Christ healed me and, you know, you keep saying this guy is, is sinful, um, how could it be that he prays uh, and his prayer, God hears his prayer? Um, I think this truth is echoed elsewhere in the Old Testament. Um, Proverbs 28, verse 9, for instance, and Isaiah 59.2, we don't have to turn there. There's a reference out there where God often says he does not hear the prayer of the wicked. Um, so I do think that where we are in sin, um, for instance, when we have a season in our life where maybe at that moment we're not communing with him as much, even as a believer, our union with Christ is secure in a sense that we are saved, that we are grafted into Christ. But we might be going through a season where a dry spell or a season where we're struggling with certain sin. And obviously during those times, we're not going to be praying, for instance, when a grandma at church say, hey, could you pray for me? I have cancer or certain illness because you're just not in that spirit. Your mentality is not there. So I think that's another roadblock is sometimes there might be some kind of habitual sin or sin that easily tempts us um, that we're just so busy being caught up with or even busy battling that temptation could sometimes mm -hmm. be what hinders us. Um, yeah. I think that and I, I think that um, that that I tend to um, uh, exacerbate. Uh, that's the word I want. Exacerbate uh, my my um, my asking God to forgive me of of just sin in general because uh, because of my struggle with prayer. Uh, because you know I I know I'm going to hit uh, those those moments where where I'm not fully formed in something. So you know if if you're like doing a math problem. And, and you, you just want to get to the algebra, but the calculus is right there and you got to, you got to go through the calculus and you're, you're kind of, you kind of know what's going on, but uh, you, you just want to, you just want to get to the, uh, to the, uh, to, you know, I, I just, I just want to get to the, the part that I know. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I would, you know, ask for, for, um, for somebody, but then I would, I would just kind of stop and, and, and my, my, my prayer would kind of shut down because, 
I, 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 I'm not confident enough in, in, in that. And so I, I would tend to dwell on it. And honestly, uh, praying with my kids has been a thing that mm -hmm. has knocked me better into that because I asked them, okay, you know, what are you sorry for? And then uh, it's, it's very humbling and convicting there when they're out in the open telling me, I mean, granted we're, we're with them. And so we know the, yeah. the sin that they've, they've done, but still I, I, uh, you know, the, 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 the times when you have to, to apologize to your family, especially your kids is yeah. man, it's, it's hilariously humbling of just how, how, um, how good, goodly bad that feels. Um, yeah. and, and so, so, and that's just, you know, to, to my kids who are, who are five and three, who, who, you know, just want to go back to playing after saying, yes, dad, we forgive you. Um, but, uh, but doing that to God, it's like, oh man, I'm like, I, again, I, I, I know I have to do that and I should. And, um, I, I tend to then dwell on that sin more. Uh, you know, even if I, I do it once and I get, I get over it to, to, I, I know I have to ask for forgiveness, but then there's the other part of sins that, that, or the other part of prayer that uh, kind of drags me down uh, that, that path of putting it off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, is uh, I love how you mentioned about even family. Um, this is where I, I think like with even with presuppositional apologetics, I've always been fascinated with it. And that's just so much a combat element, but to me, it's also just the fact of maybe this is more John frame, although I don't um, hold the same theology proper as John frame, but that perspectivalism where everything's interrelated. Um, I, I think that's one of the things to me that, it's so fascinating, just uh, uh, presuppositional apologies. Everything is interdimensional. Um, how we are, even with confessing to our kids, has, you know, even has a bearing and shapes even how we understand our approach of, to God, that we can confess to him. And also vice versa. I think the more we confess to him, the more it also impacts of, man, if we're ready to confess to God, it's easier to say, uh, I'm wrong and sorry to my kids and to my wife. Um, and vice versa, even here in my daughters, then it's also, there's times where, before we go to sleep, um, when we go through evening prayer, um, what I'd like to do is ask them to each one to pray what to, um, they're thankful for and what to confess their sins to God for. And sometimes I switch it out the order just so it doesn't become mundane, which one mm. goes first. And I'm always amazed sometimes where my dodge confess sins we didn't even know about. We're closing our eyes and they're saying, and, and also we did this and that and mommy and daddy didn't. And just part of my wife and I would show up in our eyes and oh, okay, that's a good Thing, you know, it's kind of funny, but at the same time, it's what we need to do um, with that. So I think that's an encouraging. I think the key part is sometimes viewing prayer is um, I know there's a lot of books and some of those books could be um, like the ones that are for free on Amazon, like uh, Andrew Murray. They could almost emphasize more quietism and sometimes they could get too mystical or I think sometimes, yes, there's private prayer. But also, I think in scripture, you also see a lot of discussion of corporate prayer also mm -hmm. as well. I think there's. Um, sometimes with each other, with our wife, with um, when we're going through things, um, sometimes just, um, yeah, just going and asking uh, people, you know, to pray and join us in prayer. Um, and, and I know I want to eventually talk about the practical part, but I think I'm just uh, jumping the gun a little bit. But I feel for me, even with supplication, um, as you talk about uh, dealing with supplication, um, when I was working on that in my own life, I think what helps is whenever I meet with anyone with church, I would often, um, after a meeting with them, eating whether it's discipling, going through a book, or counseling, or or going there with accountability with certain addiction, is always asking, "Hey, what could I pray for you?" And leave it open ended. And I think that habit 
where you're always asking people to pray for you. There's times where I even go and I forget. And they're like, hey, aren't you going to ask me um, to pray for you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good reminder. So I think it's sometimes good to even do that. Um, so that sometimes accountability, I think there's two ways to do accountability or, or roughly two ways. I'm pretty sure there's more than one. One is could be, I think, a way that could end up being very problematic. When we think of accountability is we go, it's like, oh, pastor, I struggle with alcohol again or pornography or whatever. And it's always this relationship where it's always that sin becomes identity, becomes that relationship where they come to me. And then it's not healthy too, where I'm only seeing this person as, okay, former drug or former addict or former um, alcohol uh, drunkard. But I think the healthy relationship that I try to encourage, even with accountability is like, yeah, I don't want it just to eventually see you come to me with your problems only, but also I want you to grow and not just only grow, but to be a blessing where I would even learn from you. I think that's a healthier part of this. It should be discipleship. And, and a, a, a biblical counseling is accelerated discipleship. Um, it's, a, you know, discipleship on wheels, on a fast track, so to speak. So I think that's a healthy goal. So that, that way, um, it's not just that identity. If we're always thinking about that sin, kind of like what you said, then it's going to become our pitfall. But so if we ask that question, hey, what can we pray for you? Um, sometimes that's even for counseling. I find that helpful because I think this is driving the root. But then when they're sharing, hey, they have all these other issues. I realize, wow, this there's a lot of major issues. There may be a major issue of self-discipline. That's why they're driving into their addiction. Why they're having lack of, um, you know, anger is because they don't get anything resolved. So they're mad at everybody at work. So sometimes you discover root problem. And then I think that makes us seeing God answer those prayer or, or the importance of that. Um, keeps others to help us also be a person that's always praying for others also as well. Um, with that. So, so you, you'd say then that we can kind of do that too, if we're um, kind of uh, taking our prayer life as being uh, that introspective part. So we're, we're talking to God, we're saying, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this, this, uh, this uh, anger towards uh, a coworker. Uh, and then um, you continuously pray about it. You keep um, kind of studying ab ab about um, how to deal with anger. And then lo and behold, it's not quite anger that you're having an issue with. It's understanding that they're a fellow image bearer of God who uh, deserves the gospel and it gives you an, an evangelistic uh, uh, heart for that person. Yeah. I've, I've had that before where, uh, again, never tell your wife that you're doing a study on the image of God because uh, you come home, you complain about the coworker and she goes, are they made in the image of God? Mm -hmm. Like, no, can I, can, no, can I just, can it just be no this time? <laughs> no, you're right. And it's like, oh, it's, yeah. hum it's, it's, it's very humbling. So uh, yeah. again, uh, uh, why, why, why people should get married. Uh, yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah. There is a, I, and I think marriage is almost like church too. Sometimes we picture like the blessing from church is only everyone's give me, give me, give me and praise. But sometimes it's like others just rubbing you the wrong way. And just revealing our sinfulness. I think we must never miss that, um, you know, whether just the relations with others um, that drives us to not only confess, but even to petition, to ask God for sanctification um, with that. Um, I'll just go over one more uh, obstacle um, is complaining. I think if we're too busy complaining, um, we're probably not busy petitioning. Um, I'll just read this real quick. Philippians 2.14. Uh, do all things without grumbling uh, or disputing, right? Um, and if we're busy, like I said, complaining, we're probably not petitioning. And But I think sometimes in God's mercy, when we're convicted of those, that's a moment where we say, God doesn't want you 
not complain, we sometimes think right away is don't complain means I'm not going to talk about it or deny there's even a problem. Yeah. But that should be a moment right away where strike it when it's hot is to take it before God and say, these are the things that I'm going through. If we look at the Psalms, I mean, the Psalms have so many songs where they're going through various trials right? Um, and they're taking it towards God. And I think sometimes people say, oh, but if I go to God, um, we certainly have to be careful in prayer meeting uh, about how much details. There sure. is a fine line of gossip. But when our p- personal lives, when there's certain things so heavy, um, man, let's take it to God. You know, uh, let's take it to the Lord um, in, instead of that. So I think when we see these obstacles, um, for me, of these three, I always feel, I mean, there's many more, but these three, I feel complaint is what often is the roadblock um, with that. Um, but I, I think of all these three, the one that makes it so easier to go to him for my own personal life to supplication is realizing, hey, I don't have to complain. God still loves me. He's not uh, far away and distant. He doesn't care. Um, but he actually wants me to bring these um these petitions to him rather than internalize it or turning it towards others and just merely complaining where we are called to bring this as request to God. Um, I think that's um, gives a great level of grace as a motivation to petition to him. Any any thoughts? Uh, Well, just in, in, in part of uh, my ministry um, uh, separate from what I do here uh, I've, I've had the ability to talk to people who, and uh, not so much um, over this past year, but uh, it's understandable to have it in this past year of, of uh, con- kind of confessing suicidal tendencies or suicidal thoughts. And my 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 um, plead to them is don't hide that. Go and talk to somebody, confess that and say, I need help because it's it's not something to be ashamed of as far as asking for the help. And it's not something that you should just hide and, and, and dig down deep because it's, it's only going to, to foster um, uh, th- that's self-dwelling, uh, that, that it's almost a, 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 a pride aspect of, of I'm, the, I'm the only person that can deal with it or I'm the only person that can know about this. And my plea is always find a pastor and elder to connect you to a, a, a counselor, um, yeah. go and tell somebody, you know, even... Uh, uh, you know, go and, and call the suicide hotline, but it's, it's not something that we want to uh, just, just hope that it goes away by, by not, you know, speaking its name. Um, but it's something that we uh, need to share within the context of the church. Uh, the, 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 this past year has taught me so much about how important it is to have the church body there and, and just uh, to be able to, to go to them and, and say, Hey, I'm struggling with this. And that's, it, it, it's scary. It's, it's humbling. Um, it's, it's something that uh, again, uh, the Midwest joke of um, uh, uh, you, the, you cross each other in the church hallway. How are you doing today? Oh, great. But in your mind, you're thinking I yelled at my kids. Uh, my wife uh, made us late. I'm not feeling like singing. Can, can, can we just make it to lunch so I can, can take my nap and, and be well rested after that. Um, mm. but, but it's, 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 uh, humbling to, to just go, you know, it's just, it's just been a rough day and, and finding those people within the church that, that I'm more comfortable sharing that with, um, because, uh, then they're more, you know, they're more willing to pray, pray about it then. And so even hearing their prayers tends, to, uh, tends to make me joyful and just, you know, uh, whenever someone, uh, uh, praise for me in that. I just, 
immediately say thank you because um, having somebody's kind of outside perspective and, and just just that love towards me to to be able to to stop their day and and do that is is very humbling and and it's what we're called to do within the body of the church and it should be the most the, the family and the home and then from there the church should be the safest place for us yeah yeah amen yeah I, yeah well yeah god in the sovereignty i think uh, is working um you know right like uh, i love how you mentioned the dimension of others um of course uh, there is an area of private prayer also as well sure um you know and but i also think they're they're much more related i think than we realize um sometimes as we pray publicly with others we we also it carries over even when others are not there and vice versa we have vibrant uh, prayer life uh personal prayer life um our private one i mean um it also spills over we look forward to praying for others um and sometimes even there when they're when we ask how they're doing um, I think uh, right now I'm just going to be going over like some of the things that more practical stuff that helps me um, with supplication um, and even the struggle of supplication part. Um, I think sometimes um, there is in, you, you see Christians talk a lot about the one another's, you know, the love one another in the New Testament, the bear with one another, the encourage one another. I think sometimes we, the reason why we struggle with supplication is we think we, we don't have anything that we really need to depend on God. Um, but I think all of us have this biblical Christian instinct. If we're a believer, we have that instinct that we know that when it comes to our sanctification, we do need to depend on God because that's the dis distinction between um, true sanctification versus uh, self-righteousness, right? It's mm. the basis, the motivation, who you're trying to glorify. So I think when you study the one another's, I think it's worth it. There's, you know, there's people out there, there's, you know, you go to sermon audio, um, sometimes for my own personal life as a preacher, uh, I, I don't want to be a hypocrite. So I like to go on sermon audio sometimes on Sunday night after I'm done preaching, just to listen to some no name preacher. I don't listen to, you know, the Steve Lawson, because after a while I start preaching like them, you know, mm -hmm. like, right? I just want to go to some no name preacher to be blessed so that God gets the glory. So if people say, Hey, I listen to this great message and just say, who is that? And I say, you say whatever, and they're like, "Who's that?" And it's like, yeah, it's it's God speaking, you know, through His Word. Um, just so that we don't have a cult of celebrity thing. Again, sure. those guys are blessings, Sproul and all those guys. But I, I think when we go through that, we see that just listen up, look, type in love one another or whatever it is. And as you see those lists, and there's lists online of all these one another. When we look at these, some of these things we identify we need help with, and I think instinctively we see, oh man, I struggle with this. I struggle with praying and I'm glad Patrick you reach out and right away we should know, man, God help me help this be fruitful and edifying. Even as, um, you know, we prayed for, for this, that this will be fruitful for yourself, myself and for others too. Um, so I think in light of that, I think that's the number one thing we should always pray. I think that kind of helps, you know, with that struggle that you, I love how you describe it where like, you know, the theology, God is sovereign. Um, he's going to fulfill this. But then you also pray sometimes like you want people to be very clear. God's will, will be accomplished. But how do we still, but we know God needs a petition. We, we need to go. We can't go to him for petitions and we should pray for all things. Like how do we bridge a gap? I think is first seeing um, our own need to rely on God. I think it's very hard to, uh, it's very hard to commit uh, sinicide. First degree sinicide to kill and murder sin is very hard unless you, you need to first really kill yourself to mortify yourself. You need to first 
pick up your cross and, and follow him. And if we don't do that, if the way we fight sin is not by putting ourselves last, um, then it's nothing more than behavioral modification. We just yeah. change to do good things. But really, our self is the one that's being satisfied, is being honored, is being the one that is the standard of all things. Yeah, I, I, I tweeted uh, um, um, Bob Murphy, uh, uh, the, the great Bob Murphy had a, a, a great uh, um, uh, comment about uh, uh, John 316 should should never uh, um, be divorced from 17. I, I, yes. I, I, I said that uh, uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 should never be divorced from 10 so that, Amen. you know, we're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves, lest any man should boast. But what are we saved for? or good works that God has prepared us beforehand to do. So again, it's that relationship aspect, like, yes, God has saved you, but then, uh, you know, you, you, you talk about that, that killing self, the picking up the cross, the sanctification is a comparison to not, not you previously, although there, there is an aspect of that, but it's to the perfect life of Christ, something that will never obtain, uh, that, that we're, that we're striving for because of our love for him. And so in our sanctification process, it's not a comparison to me, to back, to, to back then me, although, you know, that there is a time and a place for that comparison, uh, as, as like uh, James 2 tells us, you know, the show, show people our faith by our works um, as well. But, uh, but my, I have a perfect source of comparison that I'll uh, always fall, which is good because then my, my work is never done. I can, I can, I can never rely on myself when I've, when I've got that that uh you know it's the uh the brad pitt and fight club look if i'm if i'm trying to be like that i'll never be like that but i've got something to to shoot forward to and uh thankfully instead of brad pitt we have uh we have jesus christ yeah amen amen yeah that's a good that's a good point like that is our goal and all our purpose um and, and I, I, I like, um, sorry, in, in um, Matthew 9, I've, I've always liked this, the short prayer, Matthew 9, uh, uh, 24, immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe, help me in my unbelief. Amen. And I'm just yeah. like, that, 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 that father is, is me, you know, 2000 years ago, because, because, I, you know, I'll get something, I, I understand it. And then I, I, I need to do more. Like I, I need to understand it more and chew on it more to, to apply it. It's, it's like when I've, I've, I've studied Hebrews before and, and I, I, I get the, the, uh, the amazing concepts brought out by Hebrews. I'm just like, yes. And I know there's more and I need to know more. So I, I just, I just love that little prayer of, I do believe help me in my unbelief. Yeah. I mean, I, man, that is such a Calvinistic prayer. If there is <laughs> everyone, right. And that guy believe in compatibilist will. Um, I know sometimes we see these discussions about libertarian will and compatibilist will, and it's in a very sterile academic context, right? Um, you know, Calvinists and Armenians talk about, but really when you see that, it's in the, it's not divorced from life, at least in the scripture discussion. It is with the reality that we struggle with even um, displaying of faith um, that pleases God. Um, and, and all of this, I think, should drive us. What an incredible comfort. I, I do think there is a transcendental argument of some sort where prayer. Um, and I think sometimes that fuels my prayer too, is you mentioned about reading um, as a practical thing uh, to even, um, I get, I think good theology book, good, let me slow down. Good theology books are kind of like good wood for fire. You just throw it in and just stand your flame for fire. Um, some of the best books I've read on prayer are actually um, short books 
um, short booklets from Chapel Library that you guys could get for free if you go to Chapel Library. If you request for $20 or less of pamphlets, um, Spurgeon has a few that I thought was very helpful, um, including um, Effective Prayer. Um, this house effective priority and also you could just download on kindle for 99 cents and stuff um but i, I like him sometimes because it's practical and it's really high view of god and even the one on um free will a slave that's another famous classic he points out like hey you know like we all pray like calvinists you know even the armenians we pray for people's salvation right. um so i think no this is where our theology does come to bear um i think calvinism could end up for some at one level, we could think, oh, if God's in control, but also at the same time, I also think, man, we could actually go to God for everything. Um, so internally, I think we see these doctrines. Hopefully, as we read the word of God, it should always be. Um, and I think this is where reading the word of God is the greatest catalyst for prayer. As you see some of the scripture has implication of what we are to do, then we feel, oh, no, I need help. And then we naturally go to him to pray. Uh, I think other other things practical that's helpful too is um, for myself is is like what you said um, going to your elders and even for myself as a pastor I actually love prayer meeting I think prayer meeting is kind of like a training wheels um, in fact I, I think most churches if we look at most of the time the the church service is the largest amount of congregation of the members of the believers. And then Bible study, Sunday school, maybe not so much. Midweek Bible study, not so much. Different people, different schedule. And then prayer meeting, I think for most church, ends up being the smallest. Um, my favorite part of the church, and I always tell our guys at our church, my favorite part of the church is I love preaching, but I don't like myself preaching so much that like I don't go home and listen to my own audio. In fact, I have a hard time listening to myself. I'll be honest, I'm probably going to listen to this, but I'm going to be having a hard time hearing my own self-talk because I hear all the quirkiness. I talk so quick my bad English grammar, all that kind of thing. You know, I, I'm nitpicking with all that. But then at the same time, I feel like, wow, when I go to church, there's some brothers that I really like to hear them pray. When they pray, I feel, man, they're moving heaven and mountain. And you, know, when you bring it up to them, they're like, oh no, I was just praying. And those are the guys that I really like. So sometimes with prayer, I think it's important to have guys um, never think we are so important that we do not have, uh, we, can, we don't need others to pray. Yeah. Um, I think whenever we do ministry, um, I think why God makes ministry difficult, I discover no one sinner is the same, right? One person, could, two individuals could struggle, uh, let's just say, of self-discipline, but these two guys could have their core to different motivation for why they don't want self-discipline. One could want pleasure. The other one could think, oh, he has his mentality. I could never do anything good. And that person, he needs to know sanctification is a real process. The other person that is is all about comfort he needs to know that the christian life is not all about comfort that christ came uncomfortably to die for us and let that be a loving motivation so with all these guys even though they struggle with things it's always making me realize hey it's not easy i can't just give a formula i can't just grocery list things for you know the same uh, homework for each one is to realize it has to be tailored and that also requires me to pray because i'm thinking wait what drives them and wow, this sin is so hard and my own life sin. So I think that should drives us to definitely pray. And I think it's good to seek other people praying. There's some people um, when we ask for prayer requests, if they ask you to pray, um, especially if they ask you to pray, ask them, hey, could you pray right now? Mm. Could you pray right now? Or call on the phone um, also as well. I think pastors need to realize too, um, the job of a pastor is not just only prepare a Sunday sermon. is a big part of it is to be a man of prayer also for the church. So 
utilize the pastor, utilize your elders, right? Or peers to, to call um, and, and have prayers. Um, I think if I could just do one more and if you could just jump in, if there's anything else. Um, yeah. uh, I think another one that I find helpful is realizing his benefits, um, count his benefits. Um, for my church, um, it took me a while for all our Bible studies. And we're a small church, but I think that shows the human heart, how hard it is for us to pray. I spent um, for a few years trying to get all our church Bible studies. Every time we have or small group and also anytime we meet, we always gather prayers and then we email that out. Of course, appropriately, we don't want to put things that is gossip material or things that might be difficult where there's no context people can misread. And that's actually a way for people to cultivate people to pray, even if they're not there. Let's just say they skip a Bible study or they're no regular go. But if they see these are things to pray for, um, I think that is something to encourage people to pray. But I think the other backside is what I like to do is go through emails of all these past things we would pray for and just actually taking an inventory of God answering prayer requests. So that actually motivates me and encourages me. That as I see these requests, various prayers um, that God answers, um, I think for me, it moves me to say, wow, um, I definitely want to pray more because God answers. And sometimes I know that a lot of prayers can be very mundane, quote unquote, where we pray, dear God, give me traveling mercy to road trip, you know, to halfway to the U.S. And we say, oh, yeah, that's a given because most people don't die in accidents. And we rob that. But I think another thing, um, what I find helpful is, Man, online these days, um, we are closer to our persecuted believers, unlike ever time ever before. They're online, right? Phones are relatively cheap. And, we're, you know, of course, their Internet access is limited. They can't watch videos to the same um, HD definition as we do. But, man, we are so close. There's some ministries out there like Heart Cry. There's some ministries out there. When they say, hey, we're praying for these believers, I think sometimes if it's okay, especially if you know those people, or sometimes you could reach out and say, have those prayers been answered? Because sometimes I think the most dramatic prayers I've seen the last few years have actually been prayers for persecuted believers, where people, where their government authorities coming over, there's soldiers, there's people killed, there's revolutions, there's a government that's literally arresting pastors, put jailing for these. And sometimes God have answered those prayers that I see where the saints worldwide pray. I'm not talking about saints in the U.S., but in the West, other believers, other countries pray. Some of those prayers, and I know those organizations have to keep some things confidential, but sometimes if you develop a relationship, you give, you support, you're working with a coordinator and say, what can I pray for you? You hear like, wow, God answered prayers. So let that be a motivation for you to even pray, especially for those important things. So I think these things to cultivate, and we're in a day and age where, um, you know, social media is, we read it, and we get mad, right? We get upset. We see people like, man, this guy is, you know, he's a bootlicking status or whatever else it is, right? <laughs> but instead of right away getting mad, you know, and there's times, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'll be honest in my flesh, I'm obsessed. And that's a totally unbiblical view of ethnicity or of unity or, or bad view of economics that ends up actually hurting image bearers. So instead of right away being angry, instead of right away um, going into my keyboard commando mode and argue, sometimes it's like, hey, I'm just going to pray. And there's times I even reach out instead of arguing first is just saying, reach a minister and say, hey, what can I pray for you? You know, what can I pray for you? Um, I think we must never discount the opportunities this last year has taught me. Wow, social media has been, and I wish I could say it was intentional, that I went to social media intentionally to pray. 
But I think it was more of God sanctifying, seeing this, all these things to say, whoa, these people praying, asking for prayer. Then I pray. I'm seeing people that I disagree with. I'm seeing people that think I'm an enemy. But even as they're uh, saying mean things to me, I just even message say, hey, what could I pray for you? Um, I think those things is important. Those are opportunities. So don't waste your social media. Don't quit necessarily unless you get, you know, you know, removed or whatever and unfairly blocked. Hopefully it's because of that, not because of our sin, but take that. Don't waste your social media. Take that as an opportunity to increase your supplication. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Patrick? Sorry. Well, I, I, and I can attest to, to you doing that because uh, once I, I saw you doing it, you, you took Andy knows um, uh, almost a daily uh, uh, a breakdown of, of a protester, who committed violence, who was released, uh, you, you have a, a short prayer there that, that you do. And it's not, uh, you know, th- this person's uh, the, doing the devil's work. This is someone who's an image bearer of God who needs the gospel, just like I did, just like you did, just like every single person does. And when we, when we make them the other within, within the idea of the human race, not you know, we're not talking racism here. We're just talking about yeah. th- this person that I don't like. This person's doing something that that I find morally repugnant. That person is still created by God and still uh, deserves the gospel, whether they be a vessel of of good or a vessel of wrath. We don't know. It's not our place to know. But it's it's uh, our prayer that those that are, will come to the faith will come. And um, as 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 I learn more about prayer. Prayer is one of those means, just like how I'm one of those means for the gospel presentation for salvation. I don't save people. I give them the word that saves them. And so yeah. God uses that, those prayers. And so I can attest, attest to, to, to you doing that. And that, that, once I realized what you were doing, I, I was, I was, I mean, you know, it, it, it knocked me out of the park where uh, again, uh, image bearer of God, uh, you're, you're speaking my language and yep, a- absolutely. Uh, so it, 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 it gives you a good pause so that you're not, uh, you're not putting an us versus them in that camp. And, and I yeah. think, um, uh, I, 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 I say that, uh, Christians are way too, um, eager to have the, the Ben Shapiro thug life moment. Yeah. And, and, and we, we, and those are fun to watch. Of course they yeah. are the, the, you know, they speak to, to our, to, to our base concept of, of domination pretty yeah. much. And, uh, and the, the Christian is, is told in, in first Peter that, you know, uh, we're, we're there to, to pay our taxes, even though we don't like it to honor the King, even though we don't like him and he, he doesn't like us to live at peace with our neighbors so that anytime that they say something bad against you, it's a lie. So yeah. you're supposed to live in that, in that, in, in that, uh, that I- ideal of um, let, let no one speak anything ill against you that is true. So if you're calling, you know, your, your governor a uh, 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 takeoff of her name that is not her name, wh- what does that do? It, 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 it others that person so that you're not thinking of that person as a fellow human being. Yes, yeah. you can not like what they do. Yes, you can uh, f- find them being hypocritical. But so, so are you. So, and so am I, you know, I, I always, I always want to put this on this. I am, I'm the biggest hypocrite and I'm the biggest sinner that I know because I have not only my outward thoughts and actions, but I have my inward ones that, that uh, uh, no one else knows about. So, um, so, so uh, having, having a correct 
theology and a, a, a correct outreach uh, mindset, that, that heart of, yes, we, you know, uh, we can love our, our underground church of Canada uh, uh, pastors yeah. and, and congregants, but the police that are standing outside too also need to hear the gospel, even yeah. though what they're doing is morally repugnant, it's against God, but you know, Christ on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It is a prayer. It's a prayer to God, and, uh, and he's our model. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Uh, yeah, man, you, you just hit on my heartbeat too. You know, we pray for the image of God and, you know, we're evangel. It's just this where we're, it's a spiritual war. We must never forget. Um, you know, we need to refute bad ideologies and biblically confront it and do internal critique with presuppositional politics and all of that. Um, and, and even discussion of evidence and things like that when appropriate. But yeah, we must never forget that human dimension. We pray for them, reach out to them. Um, Patrick, if I could ask you, in your own salvation, do you, do you know or do you believe that others prayed for you, even leading up from your background from Roman Catholicism and then being a regenerate born-again Christian? I'm just curious. I don't think anyone's come out and told me yes. However, the, the small group of friends that I had that uh, gave me the book that uh, uh, led me to Christ, and, and uh, it was just, uh, you know, I... I, I if, if you would have asked me um, at 17, if I was a Christian, I would have said yes, because I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, I believe in the Holy Spirit, I go to church, uh, I, and obviously everything was not all hunky-dory, and, and it, was, it was definitely not true salvation, and my, my outward life reflected uh, the, the, the voidness of Christ. Um, but uh, I, I think uh, their small group of people probably did pray in, in some capacity, and, and probably their family as well. Yeah, yeah, I mentioned that because I, I feel like... Um... I feel like whenever I'm always dealing with young believers, young believers often say this more than others. They're wondering, like, I wonder who prayed for me that we get saved. And, you know, sometimes when we get older, we know, like, yeah, God doesn't need um, anyone to pray. Obviously, God could ordain the means. Um, one of the means for us to, to, to be saved is pray. And that's why we pray for our kids and things like that. I guess I ask that is because I feel like, man, if we think about that, um, how much appreciative would it have been that before we were saved, someone prayed for our salvation? I mean, man, I can't wait to go to heaven to find out, you know, who anyone do did pray for me. And I think sometimes there's some people that are very hard to witness. Um, we should open our mouths and speak. But I also think some seeds are water with really the tears of our prayers. Again, God doesn't need our prayers. You know, it's his sovereign grace. But sometimes it's a means that he used. And I think it makes me want to even pray supplication of, of evangelistically too. Well, we, and I like our discussion so far, a lot of our discussion about supplication. Most of the times when you ask people what to pray for, it could be our day-to-day -day needs. And those are important, right? Um, Jesus Christ, you know, mentioned about praying for our daily bread. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, I think we pray for our, our king, the kingdom come, your kingdom come as earth as it is in heaven. And I think we, to even cultivate that prayer evangelistically, sometimes it's to see um, maybe one of the reasons why we're in this age where we see snapshot of just some of the wildness um is to see that opportunity to pray um i do this sometimes when i feel like i'm going through the motion of evangelism uh, where i live in in los angeles area it's an area that's mixed predominantly with hispanic and asians um, as a ethnic um, group not that it's about that but um even i sometimes feel when i'm spiritually dry what i like to do is just go and sit outside, you know, outside and just like stand there near my church, you know, and look at a taco stand and just look at various people going over, you know, 
Like you see a mom with a few kids, you know, she's struggling just to get by and she's taking care of her kids and just, and then you see like, you know, a tougher guy that looks like he's, he's an old gangbanger. He's walking by and you're thinking, man, this guy needs the Lord too. I mean, how long is this lifestyle going to be? It can't be a good lifestyle. He can't be happy. And then, you know, then I go, for instance, just even like our neighborhood Chinese grocery store and just sit at the curb, just watching people, you know, some old grandma just getting by. He, you know, they're just freaked out with the mask and, and COVID. And now I know we have a whole political view. And for me, I'm, I have a view of like, hey, there's this place where the state don't intrude. But at the same time, I'm looking at this. People are tr trying to get by, you know, there's some hardworking middle-aged man, you know, standing there. Um, he, he, you know, he's getting food and he's trying to pick up his groceries, someone taking care of their kids and just looking at them, just sitting there and just let your heart be moved to pray for the love of mm. sinners. Let it be that you're sitting there so much, you're weeping in tears that someone thinks you're homeless and gives you quarters, right? Thinking, hey, what's, is everything okay? Something's wrong. I said, no, 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 I'm just, I'm just a pastor in the church here. And they're thinking, dude, this, you're, you're a wacko Jesus freak, right? <laughs> and let it be that you're there because then it'll be when your tears are dried up, then you say, you know what? I will go to the near bus stand. I will go to our neighborhood bus stand, uh, uh, um, bus stop. Um, I will go to the bus station and I will go to the streets. I will knock on doors. And doing that so with a purposeful prayer, I think we must never forget that everything we're doing, we're playing for keeps. And, you know, we are called to be a witness, to be a light every day. We might not be able to talk to everyone every day over the gospel, but we should definitely be able to see that as an opportunity to pray um, for people's salvation. Mm. Great. Uh, well, I, I greatly respect your time. I greatly thank you for helping uh, me uh, work some of this out. Uh, uh, are there any more uh, books that you can recommend to me uh, that uh, I've, I've included? Uh, I'll include the, the ones that we've covered so far in the, the comments below. Um, but uh, is, is there anything else that, uh, that you, you have a, a heart to, to say that, uh, that I haven't asked or anything like that? Yeah, I'll just make this brief. I don't want to be those pastors that says uh, in closing. <laughs> 15 minutes later, we're all looking at our watch. Yeah, exactly. The potato oh. salad pastor, the potato salad. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man, that's fine. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think another one that's good is, um, again, some of these good books, I think, are not necessarily super expensive. Um, R.C. Sproul has a book, a booklet that's available uh, for free on Kindle also as well. Um, it's called This Prayer Changes Things. It's part of this Crucial Question series. Well, that's a great, um, great series. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great series. I actually think the best one in that series, um, my biased opinion, is the one This Prayer Changes Things. Um, just because I, I think when I wrestle with theology of prayer, like, hey, God is sovereign, or we have volition. How does this all meet together? I know academically, but I think he makes a really strong point that the point of prayer is relationship. This is the same way, like my wife, I go to her sometimes with my Marine stories. I ever told you this one time when I was, you know, in Iraq, whatever. And she's like, yes, you mentioned it. But she <laughs> sits there. You know, my daughter's at this young age where I can still do that and tell them like all the time, like there comes an age you're going to stop not want to listen and roll your eyes. They're like, no, we can't. We will never. And I'm like, yeah, that you're so gracious right now. Right. But it's a relationship, right? Yeah. It's a relationship. Why we listen. Um, and God listens to us um, and we should listen to him, to his words. So that's another one. I think one last thing is. Um, even with prayer, um, we would, I think when we go through various trials and tribulation, uh, part of, you know, you know, don't waste your life with that John Piper theme is I think also realize when we suffer, um, those are opportunities that God has called us to make supplication. And those suffering also makes us people that are much more compassionate and much more loving of others that when you see them go through various things, 
Um, let's just say if you survive, I don't know, cancer, or if you had a tough time with raising your kids, then when you see a father or mother cry out, say, oh, I have my whole life, it's a wreck. I didn't parent them biblically. And what do I do now? Man, your compassion to pray for them will be a lot more um, stronger your petitions, the desire to pray and your intention to deliberately pray than if you didn't go through trials. So I think sometimes in hindsight, we don't know why we go through suffering, but definitely when we become a minister and we're all a priesthood of believer, all of us are called to witness and encourage and counsel and to apply the word of God to others. Those moments are precious in God's eyes to ground us, if not for anything else, for the desire to deliberately make supplication than if we never went through that. So mm. that's my last say. Great. Yeah, I, I know that uh, just how much the, the Bible, especially the New Testament, talks about us praying and going and asking and all these things. I, I know it's, it's, it's my incorrect understanding um, that, that gets in the way. And so, uh, again, uh, as, as we talked before, uh, that's definitely where I struggle with uh, is, uh, I guess my pride of, of, of know-it-all thinking, uh, clearly I have it right. Uh, and so I, I don't need to pray well, except for every other time that the Bible tells us to pray, including the Lord's prayer, which, uh, the, the, the people that write these, uh, uh great books, uh, try and continuously to remind me. So I, I, I know it's important. So, uh, hopefully this has been beneficial to, uh, the, the tens of twelves of people who listen. Um, but I greatly, greatly appreciate your time. I greatly appreciate your ministry and your friendship. I, I, it's, it's, it's great to be able to, to not just listen to you, uh, over podcasts, but to, to actually talk to you. So, uh, just th- thank you for making that happen. Yeah. Thank you. Should we close in prayer? Is that, I, I think that's only, uh, correct, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you again, Patrick. Uh, it's a privilege and a joy and it's my sanctification, um, is, is also good for, for me with this mutual discussion, Patrick. Mm, great. Okay. So yeah, let's pray. Sure. Bye guys. Thank you, Lord, for Patrick. Lord, thank you, Lord, for even uh, Cave to the Cross that you allowed this to continue for three years. Lord, continue to use this to minister to others um, in various ways. And I pray, Lord, that this discussion would just really encourage believers um, Lord, I just want to ask this, um, that you take this and do this beyond more than we can ask for, um, not for the sake of our own honor or anything of that sort, but so that your people, oh Lord God, will be drawn closer to you in prayers and petitions and in the word. Lord God, let it be that you would use this in the timing of when it will be um, posted and even those that would see this perhaps in various social media that they would be moved to listen. And if possible, let it be that you do your work because there is seasoning from your word and the implication of your word that people will grow closer in their prayer life to you. Thank you for the access we have to pray to you through Jesus Christ who died for our sins, was buried and three days later was raised on the cross so that we could be saved and be declared righteous because of Christ. Thank you for this precious gospel. Save souls even if anyone does not know you who's listening. Thank you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And thank you all for uh, joining us uh, once again to uh, Cave of the Cross. Uh, we'll be posting, uh, including the small clips uh, that uh, that you can check out throughout the rest of your week and uh, um, continuously uh, uh, hide God's word in your heart that uh, Pastor Lee has uh, graciously come on and uh, reminded me about. So uh, thank you and thank all of you.